Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're not only choosing a positive local business, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.com. That ad you just heard was talking about uh, Park Power, a supporter of local businesses. It brings to mind the fact that, A, this is a local book that we're reading right now. I At know. Least to us, it's taking place in Edmonton, so uh, we, are, we are doubly supporting local right now. But uh, also just supporting local is generally important right now. Uh, wherever you happen to be, whether you're in Edmonton, listening alongside us or uh, far away. During the, the pandemic especially, local businesses have been hit pretty hard. Maybe uh, maybe this week. Take a moment. Go out. Find like a local restaurant to do some takeout from or maybe a local mom and pop shop to, to go in and buy that new lamp you were looking for. Hmm. Just uh, Just go out of your way to support a local business because it is helpful right now. Very. And there are a lot of people in our communities who, who could use that support. So. 100%. So if you're in Edmonton... Be like us, support Edmonton. If not, support wherever you are. Just yeah. uh, seek out seek out someone in your neighborhood to give a little bit of your money to, if you can. There's this big push lately to support local, which I agree with. Don't misunderstand. But there's also something said for supporting small. Like, you don't necessarily have to support local to support small, right? You can change cities, provinces, countries, and still support small. That's true. Right? I mean, you could go you could go buy something on Etsy. That would be supporting a, yeah, a small business. That's supporting small. Yeah. It's just someone, you know, trying to trying to make a little extra on their side hustle or maybe that's their full time, who knows. The the important thing is like the big global chains, your Walmarts, your Amazons, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they really will be. They are not going to be in trouble, but uh a lot of the a lot of the little businesses, those are the ones that are struggling right now and uh they could use your support, so if you feel safe going to a farmer's market, I highly recommend a farmer's market. Maybe an outdoor one and wear a mask. Oh, always wear a mask. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just uh, that uh, that Park Power ad made me think of that. Yeah. And and also <laughs> it kind of ties into the novel because again, the novel takes place in Edmonton. So yeah. thinking little, about Edmonton. little PSA from your friends here at the Read Law. <laughs> yeah. But with that said, uh, do a quick recap of our last chapter before we get into it for this chapter. Yes, indeed. Last chapter, Nick returned home to an angry mother who was then less angry because monsters. Who <laughs> was then a terrified mother, and Nick had to, like, fight off some scary and gross to defend his family. Johnny swept in to save the day. Yeah, d the family was defended and then whisked away to safety, unfortunately leaving behind a shambles. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, Nick was not happy with, and he and Johnny had it out a bit, but in the end, with some steam vented, they climb into one of Johnny's vehicles and head back to her place and into chapter nine of Beneath the Rising by Premi Mohammed. 
So as I mentioned kind of in my recap, things emotionally are a little more even at the start of this chapter. And it seems like Nick having blown up at Johnny last chapter has kind of vented some of that tension. <laughs> yeah. His his catharsis has probably set in. He's probably mellowed out a little. He's <laughs> he's had his emotional release. <laughs> yeah, he's he's clearly not feeling uh any regret for what he said, but he also most of the anger seems to have subsided. And Johnny for her part seems to be mostly focused on the problem and isn't at least appearing to take what he said personally in this moment. I can't help but wonder if in the future the two of them are like genuinely going to have it out. I mean, or... they kind of just did a little bit. But... Yeah, she didn't fight back though. No. I'm worried that we're potentially building to like a huge row between these two. I mean, it, it will probably happen at some point. Maybe. Things Things Maybe. will come to a head. Their, their friendship, as we mentioned, is at the crux of the story. Uh, arguably more so than the imminent arrival of Great Old Ones. <laughs> right. And so the climax, in theory, should bring both of those storylines together, right? I hope so. That's, from a narrative standpoint, I would assume that's where we're headed. But we'll, we'll have to we'll wait see. and see. Johnny has set up a base of operations in her most secure room, though she admits to Nick, like, secure is relative here. If the ancient wants want in, they're going to get in. Yeah. Like she said before, her house is designed to keep out people. Yeah, and demonstrably has been unable to keep out Drazenoth. So. Yeah, well, we know that these aren't people, right? So They are not people. She also hands Nick a cell phone, which she's already pre-programmed her number on. Uh, Nick recognizes it's probably one of her old cell phones, but for the first time in several chapters, does not take this personally. In fact, accepts it graciously and seems to feel more secure having it on hand. It's a little lifeline. Right. Which... Considering his knee-jerk reaction to getting the passport was to be bitter about it. <laughs> uh, it's it's a bit of a turnaround. And I think further shows that emotionally, the trip back to Johnny's house has has evened things out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He's thinking rationally again. Yeah. And he's now focused on the idea of there being a plan. Yeah. The problem is there isn't much of one yet. Well, yet. <laughs> Which yes, will- Yes, that is important. Yet. We'll learn. Um, he makes the mistake of asking what she's up to, and she tells him. And he can barely follow it. <laughs> uh, but basically, the way she describes it is she's kind of working backward from the knowledge that a gate will open soon. That she can be sure of. So now she just kind of needs to piece together which gate and then the ritual necessary to close that gate. And to do that, she needs to start by reading some histories, which are written in languages she doesn't currently speak. So that's kind of step one. <laughs> <laughs> step one was what? Ancient Babylonian... Sumerian and Assyrian, I believe. I think so. Yeah. I'd have to check the book. But yeah, three ancient languages that she has to learn first. And then they may need to start raiding museums for other pieces of stuff. Maybe. Yeah. She also brings up a group called the Sarati Society. Is that how you say it? I'm assuming so. Okay. It's got two S's at the front, so I assume it's just a long, sibilant Sarati Society. Uh, the point is they're a cult which, as she describes it, used to worship the ancient ones. Used to. Yeah. She believes that they may be able to help provide information to them on fairly short notice. Nick asks, can they use magic? Because he's really, really hung up on the idea that they're going to meet wizards. Um, yeah. <laughs> she confirms, yes, they can use magic. However, they're also smart enough not to. Because it's not a tool that is lightly played around with. The, the rules of magic, I think, are special. Yeah. As she puts it, only idiots and dabblers flagrantly use magic. You save that because, again, it, it draws the wrong kind of attention. Right. Nick also asks, like, if you go to these people, we're, we're two teenagers out of nowhere. Like, 
if we go to this ancient cult, are they going to take us seriously? And she's like, oh yeah, they'll take us seriously. And he intuits apparently correctly, oh, because you've already had dealings with them. <laughs> also, Which again, she neither confirms nor denies. It also might be a little bit of, she because she is who she is, she kind of famous. She is kind of famous. Right? So, But she's not necessarily famous in occult circles. No. Or maybe she is. Maybe she We're is. learning that now. Who knows? So Nick asks, all right, at this juncture, what can I do to help? And she's like, you can keep the printers inked up and get me some coffee. And he's a bit affronted. Up a little. <laughs> but also horrified because he realizes, oh, you you actually don't have a plan yet. Like, it's not very far along. And she admits, no, uh, as she puts it, she is working on, quote, a ghost of a hope. Yeah, that does not instill a lot of confidence in me, anyway. She explains a little bit more about what her, as she calls it, prodigy mode Yes, is at this juncture as well, saying it's less raw super intelligence and more like processing speed. Uh, yeah, a pretty good way of putting it. She can put together, uh, she actually uses the uh, analogy of a puzzle here where she can put together the puzzle faster than anybody else. Anybody else could have put together the puzzle. She just did it in minutes instead of days. Yeah. The problem here is that they don't have enough puzzle pieces yet. Yeah, she can't put anything together because she doesn't have it all. Exactly. Talking about her intelligence uh, also has Nick think back fondly upon some of their, their younger years once again. He brings up to her like a reverie about their childhood and how Nick's parents thought that he was wasting his time with her. And she was like, well, they didn't want me hanging around with you at all. And he's like, yeah, it's not because they didn't approve of our friendship. It's that they thought you were a distraction when I should be focused on like my schoolwork and stuff. Johnny kind of drops a bomb on him here because she's like, oh, well, they didn't have to be worried about that because I have no interest in boys. And he's like, what? <laughs> not, not ever. Not, not anybody. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And she's like, no, nope, not interested in that junk. And he's legit floored. Right? Because he's been carrying a torch for her for a <laughs> so, while. So long. See, I told you, he's going through the complex feels. Of falling out of love with Of someone. falling out of love with her. And he acknowledges that there are still feelings there. Yeah. Well, and she clearly values him as a friend. Oh, clearly. Even if there was never even the hint of uh, a romantic inclination from her. Which is fine. Yeah. So Nick doesn't want to dwell on this right now. He changes yep. the subject and asks, all right, well, we're not very far along, but where are we now? And Johnny says, okay, well, basically I'm seeking puzzle pieces. We need a framework and that will give us an idea where we need to go next. Nick jokes, oh, so it'll be kind of like the uh, 2000 animated DreamWorks feature, The Road to El Dorado then. <laughs> and she is like, no, the only similarity between us and that movie is the color of our hair. <laughs> Uh, it amused me. So to avoid the rising sense of resentment that's that's starting to crop up again, <laughs> Nick decides to go and fetch that coffee. And he spends the next little while basically doing what she asked, filling the printers and uh, yep. fetching coffee. And as he watches her work, he begins to notice like golden steam coming off of her. And he's like, what is, it is, what is what's wrong? What's wrong with your head? And she confirms, oh, that's me using my prodigy mode. Uh, that's always been there. It's me burning off time. That's what it looks like. You've never been able to see it before because you haven't been baking in raw magic for a few days at a time. Which is fair enough. Yeah. He likens it to pollen, which leads to a tangent into Ents and the <laughs> anticipation for the release of the next Lord of the Rings movie. And the joke is on them because we have seen that movie because we are in the future. Ha <laughs> ha! 
And there are a lot of ants in it. Uh, I love this as a little character piece because despite everything going on between them and in the world and in the supernatural world and everything, they still can't help but be friends with that with that weird banter that friends have. More than that, it's also strangely optimistic because like in the grand scope of things, they're dealing with existential terror, but at the same time, they still have enough optimism that they might succeed that they're kind of making plans to go see a movie that's not out yet. Right? When we're done saving the world. We're going to go watch and things carry on. We're going to go watch the next Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, right? It'll be fun. That'll be, it, it is a reward. We will have <laughs> we will have earned it. So Johnny says she has a lead. Maybe. Um she says they could hit up Germany somewhere she just recently <laughs> was and look at old Nazi records. And Nick's like, "Wait, Nazi records? What's what, up with you that? You said you said what now? You said what's this about the Nazis? And she's like, Nazi occult stuff, because of course there's Nazi occult. You've seen Indiana Jones. Like we're <laughs> we're all on the same page. Yeah, that documentary, Indiana Jones. Her thinking is that basically a lot of the records she's trying to pull from are ancient. They're fragmented, they're bits and pieces. Whereas the Nazi stuff is only sixty years old. It's much more complete and much more recent and therefore more accessible. The problem is the Nazis were wrong about a lot of stuff, <laughs> the basically. The problem is and, Nazi stuff. Yeah, and she's concerned that their records might not be accurate in the nature she needs them to be. Right. Because if they screwed up some stuff, uh, it might not be worthwhile research because it might not work. Yeah, there's no point using the file if the file is corrupted. Yeah. So instead, she's like, well, what if we maybe hit up the oldest library in the world? And that is where we end off chapter nine. For the record, the oldest library in the world is Assyrian. It is located in Nineveh, which is modern-day Iraq. And I don't believe that that's spoilery because it's on the back of the book. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they do mention that they go to Nineveh on the back of the on book. On the back so, of the book. Um, public knowledge. That would, I assume, be what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. So is our next chapter going to be a smash cut to <laughs> the other side of the planet? Don't know. Can't say. This, it would amuse me if it was. This chapter definitely felt a little interstitial. Mm -hmm. After the kind of emotional uh, and character-driven chapter that we came out of, this one was kind of resetting a little bit and setting up for us to begin to travel, I think. Yeah, this is, uh, we've had our emotional peak, right? We've had our action scene climax. Mm -hmm. So we need to come back down and gear up again for some more story. Yeah. I keep making gestures that people can't see. If it helps, I'm gesticulating wildly. We're yeah, we're we're in the rising action. Yes, and uh, you need you need a couple peaks and a couple valleys as it continues to go up. Yeah, exactly. in order to keep reader interest. Yeah. yeah, well structured book so far. So far, can't say for the rest because we haven't <laughs> read the rest. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna get on that as we continue into chapter ten for next week. You're gonna want to read up on that. Bit of a shorter episode this week, but that's okay. This Fine. this podcast was always meant to be more or less bite sized. So that it was easy listening. Yes. <laughs> and so that it was easy to follow along in the book. We don't want to drone on and on and on for hours and hours. No. Uh, which is why we, we kind of aim for like 20 to 40 minutes. And yeah. 40 minutes, that that's a longer episode for us. Like a bunch must have happened yeah. for us to talk to for 45 minutes. But this was, uh, this was a short, crunchy chapter. So yeah. Not, not a huge amount to dissect here, I feel. Probably okay. next chapter, though. It's nice to have... It's nice to have a little downtime. Yeah. After that big one last 
last week. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, here are ads. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of the Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. Edmonton Community Foundation. Longtime supporters of the network. Yes. Had a lot of ads for them in the last little while. We sure have. But they pay for them, so. So it's fine. And we're thankful for that support, though. Yes. So don't, <laughs> I don't mean to make it sound crass. We actually do appreciate all Absolutely. of the support from the Edmonton Community Foundation and others. Sponsorship is appreciated. You can check out uh, the other sponsors from the network on the network website, where you can also find links to all of the member podcasts. There's going to be something there worth checking out. AlbertaPodcastNetwork.com. That's the place. You can also find those podcasts probably on the podcatcher of your choice. Yeah, probably. Likely the podcatcher which you're getting this podcast off of. That just makes sense. So uh, while you're there, maybe stop by and give us a little rating and a review. That would be great. Go do that. And then uh, hit us up on social media if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, pick your poison. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the read along on most of those. And you can also reach out to us via email. We are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Maybe Nick will stop being the sidekick at some point. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All read along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs>